it recording? It's recording now. All oh, right, okay. One, two, three, four. Go girls, go 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 go. We girls gonna take control. Um, okay, so it's 2002. Yep. Second year of pop stars. Yeah. They like they auditioned for Jerry Halliwell sat on like a table with a cloth on it that just said pop stars. Um, they kind of went down some stairs into a basement. It was Jerry Halliwell, Louis Walsh, and Pete Waterman. Louis Walsh has been on TV forever. I don't remember a time when he wasn't on TV. But anyway, they'd go down some stairs into like a basement which just had the lights on. There was no like, there's nothing fancy. They were sat at a table with a tablecloth and someone had like pinned some things to the walls behind them that said pop stars, the rivals. It was such a basic audition process. It wasn't like X Factor. It was like in the downstairs of a hotel. I contacted ITV and they wanted £800 per clip of their auditions. Okay, and what was our budget? Well, nothing. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> a smile. <laughs> like many of girls will have videos. <laughs> Some kind of boo. So there was live shows. There was ten boys and ten girls. Yep. They whittled them down. And then this was the first time where we voted, I think in British TV history, we voted to create a band. Uh-huh. And we yeah. created two bands. Yep. But interestingly, in the first ten girls, two... Two dropped out, didn't they? Two dropped out. One was pregnant. Okay. And the other wouldn't sign the contract. They swapped a Nicola for Nicola, didn't they? And Kimberly for Hazel. Okay. I don't remember. Hazel was pregnant. Okay. Um, So Kimberly and Nicola might not have been in Girls Aloud. So each week, one girl got knocked out, one boy got knocked out. Until there were six girls left. Six girls and six six boys. boys. I'm almost forgetting, like, there were even boys involved. Yeah. Yeah. And then they released a song... And it was whoever got to Christmas number one with that song won the entire series. Mm-hmm. But what I think is quite interesting is that Girls Aloud were given Sound of the Underground, yep. which was created by Xenomania, Brian Higgins, Miranda Cooper. All ten girls recorded a version of Sound of the Underground. Mm-hmm. Based on the vocals in here, they obviously expected Nadine to be in Girls Aloud. Because she's got so much. She's got so much. I don't think Xenomania really thought that Nicola was going to make the band. Because also, her and Kimberly weren't in the original 10 Girls. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Nicola is definitively the second strongest singer in Girls Aloud. I'd agree with that. Yeah. After uh, Nadine. Of course, of course. I'm um, having a bit of issue with my duck and hoisin rap. Okay. with Miranda Cooper recently who co-wrote the majority of Girls Aloud songs mm-hmm. and she said that Sound of the Underground came to her because she couldn't get the nursery rhyme the wheels on the bus go round and round out of her head okay I didn't know this the wheels on the bus go round, round. you could almost you could almost <laughs> remix that. that yeah like that um, when someone did a mashup of the wheels on the bus with Madonna Ray of Light and they did a cover of the wheels on the bus called Mad on Her no I like three Madonna songs which three Hang up. Okay, good. Sorry. Okay, please don't say Hanky Panky is your third. I don't know what that song is. Okay. <laughs> and four minutes. Oh, Jesus! <laughs> so as a first single, mm-hmm. I think, very strong. Incredibly strong. And more so because the boys' single was so it was bad. So rubbish. It was so rubbish. I follow my heart right up to the end. 
Uh, who wrote Sacred Trust? Bee Gees. Did, oh, okay. Is it, was it a cover? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I never knew that. I never knew. I can't imagine anyone in the history of music thought that song was worth recording twice. <laughs> imagine going through the Bee Gees back catalogue and thinking, this is the one a boy band needs to cover. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it was the Bee Gees, I'll check. Yeah, written and produced by the Bee Gees from 2001. I'm not sure that was the Bee Gees' finest era, but God. Also, after going through all the... Imagine just the balance, the effort of finding Xenomania, getting them to record Sound of the Underground compared to let's just get them to cover an old Bee Gees song. Not even an old Bee Gees song, like just a relatively recent one. One True Voice only had two singles. Mm -hmm. Shakespeare's Way With Words was a lot better than Sacred Trust. Okay, fact, you might have just seen it. Who wrote Shakespeare's Way With Words? Oh, I don't know. Rick Astley. Okay. I would guess that he didn't write it specifically for them, that it was just something he had lying around his Astley Studios. Hi, my name is Matt Johnson, and I was a member of One True Voice. That's a really, like, crap line, isn't it? Twitter feed and I can see that you're number one in Fiji oh yeah 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 so I've had quite a few actually did you find that hard shaking off the one true voice label then um not really if I'm honest because I don't really feel like I've ever had that label because maybe the the band name was known to you know some press or British newspapers or whatever but uh, I think my name individually as a person was was never known. What was your reason for doing Popstars the Rivals then? Was it to get a platform or was it to be in a boy band? I think at the time I was obviously in school uh, last year of high school it was just a show and you thought oh you know I might be able to put it on me you know when I try and book to sing in a pub <laughs> you know I'll, I'll be able to say oh yeah I appeared there once or something. And When you were doing the show uh were you friendly with any of the girls and what are your memories of them i was never a big one massively for sort of socializing with them at the time i used to probably have a bit of a crush on nadine so i would um probably try and speak to her more than the others your first reaction when you first heard Sound of the Underground? I thought it was a good song, you know. I think that the sound of the track was very sort of cutting edge. You could maybe argue that Sacred Trust maybe played it a bit safe and didn't sort of break any boundaries or didn't push the group vocally to our limits. But I think Sound of the Underground, you know, kind of did that for Girls Aloud. It was a great sounding record produced really well by a, a fresh producer. Everyone 
expected the boy band to completely boss it. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, girls allowed success and one true voice's kind of pitfalls, in my opinion, are more down to the teams behind them. You were 16 at the time, right? Yes. You thought that you'd like, your dreams had come true. You're like thinking like album tour, all of that, you know, red carpet. When did you realise that it might not be going the way that you thought it was? Straight away, really. I'm not sure if the guys that were in One True Voice was the right combination. Daniel, which was one of the members in the group, although he was arguably one of the most talented guys, I don't think he was right for a boy band. When you went on to release the second single, Shakespeare's Way With Words, what was that process like? Um, Yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare, really. Kind of had a bunch of songs that we thought we'd want to release. And basically what happened was, oh, what's his name? Oh, Rick Astley, who wrote... Shakespeare's Way With Words. He signed to Pete Wartman's publishing label. So I'm sure you can put two and two together. We had a meeting with Jive Records and the head of the label, and we kind of expressed our concerns. And Daniel kind of wrote a letter on behalf of the group saying how much we really didn't like the song. We don't think it is right for the group. We had this massive meeting, and it was a bit of a like it or lump it situation. We kind of just shut up and put up. Were there ever plans to release an album? Yeah, definitely, you know. I'm not sure if there was a plan. I thought it could happen. So over the past 15 years then, were you ever envious about what the girls managed to achieve? Not really, because I could have kind of say that about any act. Sometimes I look at life differently and I think, well, Sarah Hardin's not having a great time now. You know, she's been on Big Brother. It's obviously not a good sign, is it? We all know that. What's your next goal with the music? What do you want to achieve? Um, I'd like to do a, a little bit more of my own music and stuff and really sort of concentrating on developing my label and stuff. We've got some, you know, great people. We just released an EP actually for Kevin Sim, who won The Voice. Would you ever go in The Voice following Kevin's footsteps? I just don't know what I'd do it for. I don't understand the point. To be honest, you know, The Voice and the X Factor people send me an email every year going, hey, you know, come and audition. And I just sort of, I don't even know why I would audition. For what? The other five girls, mm-hmm. do you know what happened to them? One of them became Javeen. Javeen became Javeen. Touch My Fire was a banger. No, Surrender, the, oh, it was a Diana Ross cover, um, but that was that was a tune. And the first single, The Finest? The I hardest. only remember Touch My Fire. Okay, the first two singles you released were great. The other four? Uh, I haven't got a clue. They were clear. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. Um, Life, life in Couldn't clear. name you one song. No. Couldn't even picture a face. Actually, <laughs> I genuinely couldn't. Was Clear a four piece? Yeah, because it was an initial of each of them. Right, okay. So I think one of them was called Amy. Yeah. Yes, because I remember Amy and Cheryl were in the bottom two one week. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, I've genuinely not thought about Clear for about ten years. Anyway. Do you think a show like Popstars The Rivals could work now? Um, no. Uh, no, I don't think so. I think you just look at how unpopular X Factor is, and I think the idea that you're—I think it's, it would be a nice twist, but I think the idea of the concept of you're only ever going to get a boy band and a girl band at the end—I don't think people would go for that now. But do you not think there's something in that the public, and by public I mean people I follow on Twitter, mm-hmm. felt like they created Girls Aloud? Because there was an end goal to the TV talent show. Yeah, but I think that they have that with X Factor now. They feel like they created uh, Matt Cardle or whatever. As soon as the show's finished now, they're over it completely. 